Welcome to 30 Days of Marketing Mavens. 30 days, 30 experts, 30 marketing niches. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Welcome back to 30 Days of Marketing Mavens. Again, I'm Howard Walpuff. This is all brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Today, we're talking about the customer experience. I'm very excited to have Darren Mason with us, who is a customer experience thought leader. It's not just what's happening now. It's the vision for the future of where things are going with, with your company and how you are interacting with your customers. And uh, we definitely have an expert here today. So, Darren, well, welcome to uh, 30, 30 Days of Marketing Mavens. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Howard. It's great to be invited. Thank you. So you've been involved with marketing for quite a while. You definitely have a very interesting background. Uh, t- tell us all how you got started. How, how did this whole path begin for you? Well, I guess it started um, really reflecting some of the changes in the market, actually, because I started on this journey in around the, the turn of the millennium in the year 2000, where I got involved with CRM applications, customer relationship management applications. Um, at the time, I joined um, a vendor called Siebel Systems, who many of you will, will probably remember. Um, they were acquired by, by Oracle. But at the time, you know, the market was moving from um, customer relationship management to gradually towards more of a customer experience management perspective over that, that decade, you know, from, from the year 2000 to, to 2010. So, so going from kind of a very internally inside out focused view of, you know, here's our CRM systems and we need these to do the essential stuff, you know, sales, service and marketing <clears throat> towards an outside in view, which is, well, you know, if we take a, a customer perspective on their overall experience, where do we need to focus as a brand or as an organization? So that was the kind of movement. And <clears throat> towards the end of my time with, um, with Oracle, I focused on digital marketing applications. So you know, B2B marketing automation and B2C marketing orchestration um, and, and, and all of those aspects of digital marketing. Um, some of you may know that Oracle made a whole raft of key acquisitions in the technology world, everything from Eloqua, in terms of marketing automation to responses in the B2C side and also you know, um, things like Blue Kai in the third party um, data management side of things as well. So really augmenting that platform um, that supports um, the, the, the marketing machine, whether it's B2B or B2C. And so I was kind of surfing on that, that wave of change and that new technology coming through to um, then, you know, really going freelance um, as a consultant and advisor to organizations in the areas of digital marketing, yes, but because we're living in now a collapsing universe of sales, service, marketing, you know, all aspects of the organization coming together to act as, as one, then, you know, digital marketing is really often at the sharp end of that. You know, the CMO under a lot of pressure, needs to be Superman, you know, needs to handle um, a lot of things, now is really on the hook for the beginning and a large part of those customer journeys. Um, and so that's really what, what kind of you know, lights me up and fires me up about, uh, about marketing 
as as um, as a as a core component of customer experience. I think I think you make a very interesting observation that the life and uh, and workload of the CMO really has changed over the last yes, twenty years. Has, yeah, yeah. To uh, where there's, obviously there's a lot of uh, of of angles and, and areas that they have to be. Yeah focused on and have the right people underneath them doing because there's no way a CMO can really handle all of the different aspects by themselves at this point. Exactly. And I think, I think the CMO increasingly is, is looked at the, the guy in the boardroom who is driving digital transformation because customer experience is, is behind pretty much all digital transformation exercises because without, without, without the customer experience, it's just a, a hobby it doesn't matter <laughs> customers are everything and also it's driven by the changing in behavior of customers because we all know now whether it's b2c or whether it's b2b you know customers are approaching vendors or, or brands later and later and later in their buying cycle and what this means is what are they doing in that awareness and evaluation stage and that's what keeps CMOs up at night. How do we get to our customer base when they haven't even approached our brand or our, our company yet? Which is why you know customer experience is so core and central to um, to how a CMO works today. Yeah, people are doing a lot more research before making that decision for the transaction. Absolutely, there's very few now buyers that are out there unless it's, a, it's an emergency purpose or a pur purchase or a purchase on a whim. Most things are really, there's a, there's, a, there's a thought process in what they're doing and who they're going to shop from mm -hmm. because of really the access that they have out there to, to find this information. They don't have absolutely. to offer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, you, you can see it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough gig. And if you look at the average tenure now of the CMO, there's been a, a million reports about this. You know, you it's it's shorter and shorter every every year now. In fact, you you got to start measuring this in quarters, if you're in CRM rather than years. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a big pressure on them to make uh, a fast impact, and you know to to um, to to really control that funnel and largely be the 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 champion of customer experience internally. But there's more to customer experience than marketing, which is why I think it's essential ensure that these areas of sales and of service all come together as one um, on, under that umbrella. So what are companies now doing with focusing on digital with, mm. with the customer experience? But in, my, in my past, I used to work in minor league baseball and mm. I, we, customer experience was a, was a, a real part of every day. Um, we mm. wanted the, the, it's just a great expand experience right every time entire ball game. But very little digital was is would played a part of that all. There was a lot of interactive mm. contact and things on 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 video and, and audio for them, um, things we, they saw in front of them. But but obviously with, with different types of companies, digital yeah. plays a very big role. And, and how are companies really uh, interacting with that now? Um, it's a really good question because some things some things don't change. You know, kind of the, the good old um, you know four P's of marketing that we 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 all we all, all know well. There's a there's a very big fifth P now, by the way, which I would describe as privacy. So, um, you know, I think that our job is is more more complex because because of that. But I think now increasingly, organisations are using um, technology to augment. The people in their business because now you've got to to um, 
you've, you've got to do personalization at scale. And it's not personalization the way we used to remember it in the old, you know, year 2000 days of, you know, get the gender right, know somebody's birthday. You know, that's kind of considered now as being almost like that's not even personalization now. You know, what we mean by personalization is personalization now is that level of hyper personalization where we know exactly what people's interests are. Um, we know what they've been looking at, perhaps in a digital sense. Um, we know where they are, where they hang out, so to speak, in the in the digital world, and we're able to target them with the right offer at the right time, at the right price for them um, that gets their attention. Because it's a hugely noisy world now. I don't know how many marketing messages that we're presented with every day. It's something like 600, I think, in the latest count. Um, but with that level of noise going around, um, you you need to raise your level of signal above that. And that's the biggest challenge of marketing today. I was observing this morning that uh, I just the, the amount of mailboxes that I have to deal with and the, the message I'm getting in, in each one. So you have a, mm. a home email, a work email. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now with Messenger getting bigger on Facebook and yes. LinkedIn, uh-huh. In the mail, we 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 had our first conversation through a LinkedIn mailbox, and if you're paying for the, the the higher end, there's two mailboxes on LinkedIn. So to balance, get all those messages, and to decipher in your head which is the one that you want to follow through on, or, or on the other end, which is the one that's going to break through to get to my my brain to 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 want to then move forward with the company. Yeah. The, the challenge is immense these days. Yes, they are. They, they are, and uh, you know, and. Yeah, some something. It's, sometimes it's just back to basics, you know, and, and, and keep keeping it simple. And sometimes it's about how do we leverage both data and and technology to um, to reach our our customers in a more meaningful way. So um, I think it's a, it's a kind of a combination of those. And in the future as well, nothing's going to change. Everything new only augments what we already have. Doesn't replace it. Um, you know, so our uh, the good news is the technologies available like AI um, and <clears throat> machine learning are going to enhance what we do, you know, immensely. But we're also going to have to deal with all the old stuff like call centers and white mail and social and all of these channels as well. So one, you know, one channel never supersedes another. And we've known that through history. You know, the radio didn't die because of TV. You know, the cinema didn't die because of television. Um, you know, our now now we have video on demand. It doesn't mean that that um, you know uh, sequential TV ha- will will die. So it just adds to the mix, and so we just have to accept that this ever increasing level of complexity is going to to continue. This is a very very true statement. So with that complexity, mm. what what would you say is the number one strategy that's really welcome, right. working well for you and your clients to achieve their marketing goals? Yeah. So for me, it boils down to one word and that's relevance. You have to be absolutely relevant to what your customer wants at any given time. And I mean, let, let, let me give you a few examples of what I mean by that. Um, you need to know where your customers are. Where are they? And I don't mean just where are they physically, although that's important, you know, if you're using geolocation or you're using technology in store, but also where are they digitally? You know, where do they hang out? If, you're, if you have a brand that's looking at luxury goods to professional people, then maybe you're looking at LinkedIn. If you're looking to market to a more millennial type of, 
of, of, of audience with fashion, then you might be on Instagram. If you, you know, and, and there are a whole raft of other things like TikTok, for example, that are coming through that we need to kind of understand what their core demographic and usage is, but you've got to be where your customers are. Now, in the past, if you look at, you know, my history that I spoke to you about, back in the early noughties, when we talked about CRM, we used to send out kind of, you know, email blasts and marketing. But there, we left relevance down to luck. So we knew if we send out a few thousand emails, we were going to be relevant to maybe 5% of that population. And of that 5%, we might get, you know, a couple of percentage people actually responding to our offers. You know, that's kind of relevance by by luck it's throwing mud at a wall and hoping some of it sticks so we're now we're moving forward into customer experience we're starting to understand more about customers we're leveraging um you know data third party and second party data as well as the first party data we have to really be more and more relevant to what customers want you know we've all seen the 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 banner ads the programmatic programmatic advertising you know, when we've just been looking for, um, I don't know, you know, a guitar and suddenly we're, we're inundated with advertisements about buying the latest um, guitar or amplifier or some other mm-hmm. related commodities to that. So we've seen that. But I think um, now as we move forward, <clears throat> we need to be even more relevant. And guess what? The secret to being even more relevant is simplicity again. It's ask your customers. Sometimes we forget the simplest things. Just ask. So what does it mean in a marketing context Context when we talk about asking the customer? And it means about allowing people to, to almost teach your brand how they want to be treated. So we're talking about things in a digital marketing context like subscription and preference management where people can set at a, quite a detailed level what subjects they're interested in, how often they want to be contacted by you, over what medium they want to be contacted. If they give you permission to do something, is it a one-time permission or is it a permission for, for forevermore? If you want to leave them, you say, do you want to go forever or would you like a break? You know, do you want some space? <laughs> it's like a relationship, you know, that we have to have. And we need to treat our customers as if we have personal relationships with all of them, and of course we do, from a, from a brand perspective. Now, sadly, and I say, I say this with some regret, you know, from a privacy perspective, because you know, some, some markets have been very bad at this, the regulators are coming in with you know, GDPR, um, you know, um, CCPA, um, CAN-SPAM, and these kind of things that are starting to put their foot down. But the thing is, we shouldn't actually be asked to do this, because it's a win-win situation. If we gain the level of trust, and that's the big old T word that, that, that everybody's seeking for, we get a level of trust with our customers, then we really shouldn't have to have this because it's, um, you know, we should be asking these questions and we should be treating people's precious personal details like this anyway, regardless of, um, of legislation that we're doing it. So, so getting that level of trust. And, and there's a bigger trend, Howard, that's actually controlling this. And that is that if you think about customer experience management that we're in today, we're taking an outside in look, we're doing customer experience journey mapping, we're understanding how customers behave through the whole customer lifecycle. But if we switch the last two letters of that, CXM, and we, and we say CMX, 
it means customer managed experience. Customers now teach us how they want to be treated, how they want to be managed. We give the tools in their hands for them to do that, but it's up to for them to decide. So they get a personalized experience out of all the millions of combinations of the ways of being treated they could have, you know, times, languages, um, depth of information, topics. We make it easy for them to define what that is. So we, we actually, we're putting the customer back in control. We're trusting the customer to define their treatment. And we've got the sort of tools now like, um, you know, AI um, and machine learning um, to create things like lookalike audiences. So, you know, when, when you sign up to Netflix, if you sign up to Netflix with a completely blank, um, a completely blank profile, then they wouldn't really know what to present to you as being what you might like. So they use lookalike audiences to give you a profile saying people like you generally like this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then as you say, well, I don't really like that stuff. I'm going to kind of drill a bit further to, to get some more meaningful, relevant content. It learns about you. And so you find that most of the content you consume from Netflix is from their wall of tiles. It's from you going in, first page, you see something you like, you go to it. Most content is consumed by that, which is why they're so sticky as a service. Because when they stop becoming relevant, they will go out of business. So they absolutely understand the importance of that more than any other brand that I study and talk about. Um, and just let me finish by peeking into the future of sure. relevance and hyper relevance. And that is that we are going to come into an era now where customer manages their experience, as we've said, and therefore what our, our brands need to focus on is what I would call anticipatory customer experience or predictive customer experience. Let's figure out ahead of time, maybe using the lookalike audiences concept with AI and, and machine learning to say, we, we know so much about customers like you and based on your previous behavior also, we think that this is the next best action that we need to perform for you before you know about it yourself. You know, customers that, that holidayed in Turkey and Greece last year often want to change, maybe coming to the other side of Europe, maybe Portugal is your thing. Let's market that to you next year. Let's be smart about this. Let's think like you think. And using those concepts of your previous behavior, lookalike audiences, you can start doing that. So a customer says, great idea. And, and who gave us this idea? My brand. And so that's what we talk about, anticipatory customer experience. Uh, and I'm all big on this, this concept as well. And this is around ambient CX. So what do I mean about ambient CX? What I mean about is rather than us all flying around in rocket cars or hoverboards or whatever the comics, the kids' comics are telling us, like when I was a kid, you know, cities in the sky and all that stuff, the future is going to look pretty much like the present, except everything is going to be incrementally easier and easier and easier for us. My home was built in 1905. Wow. All, the light, all the lights look the same. All the plug sockets look the same, everything. But Alexa is controlling all that stuff. And I think I've just turned it on. Alexa is controlling all that stuff. Um, the lights are coming on. Appliances are coming on. But if you walked in, in here, you wouldn't notice any difference from 10 years ago, right? It's just that 
ambient CX is making everything I do lower effort, more relevant to, to me at the time, more convenient. Um, and what I mean about that, let's take that to its ultimate, its ultimate stage, and then I'll, I'll leave it because um, I'm, I'm very passionate about this subject, as you can tell. The ultimate stage is, rather than us looking at a screen and having screen time um, that we're, we're glued to, either on our, our mobile phones or our, our, our laptops or TVs, um, we have our own bots, right? And our bots know what we want. We tell them what we want and they work while we sleep or they work while we do something more interesting. They'll go away and negotiate the best deal with another brand's bot. So, so they are, they're acting as my agent. And guess what? It's scalable as well. So rather than me, me having a big list saying, I need to book a holiday, tax my car, um, do another five things, I would have to do that sequentially as a human being. My bots can do that in parallel much faster than I could ever do it. Mm -hmm. So I think by the customer managed experience is going to be kind of um, this parallelization of all of the um, automated functions that I need to do as an individual to communicate with. So again, what that frees me up to do is all the normal stuff that is the same as it was 10 years ago. You know, taking the kids out, taking the dog for a walk, playing sport, but my life is just easier and lower effort. And I think I think that um, that you know that's kind of the history. It's kind of reassuring in a way that technology is working for us as consumers, you know, rather than selling at us, which I think will be a thing of the past. And so that's a very quick run through, but very thorough too. And I think it really tells a very big story of how. It's a two-sided coin that it's not yeah. just the companies trying to create the experience for the customers, the customer dictating what the experience should be based on their track record and like, uh, like people like them and, uh, and, and that being tweaked along the way to make sure it's, it's being as, as perfect as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the customer owns their own data and, um, you know, and you know, if, if they, if I'm on my phone and, and, um, I want to buy something rather than keying in a lot of information. There's one question. Do you want to release your one-time information to this company to buy this stuff? Yes or no. And you know, with, and, and um, because we're so much more mobile now, everything needs to be tailored down. It's almost a binary question. Yes. And it's about trust. Do we trust that company or don't we? And that's what we have to build. And, and this is all key fantastic information for companies to really absorb and, and understand. And I definitely suggest that as people go through this, uh, this interview, they probably want to play this a second time to take some, uh, some serious notes. Uh, if this, these are some, some of the pieces that they've been thinking about, but not implementing at this point, but what is the best way for people to contact you if they were looking okay. for more information? Okay. So if they want more information, I'm um, two primary channels really that I, I kind of hang out on LinkedIn. And my profile is Darren, that's D-A-R-Y-N, Mason, Darren Mason. But if they want to grab me on Twitter, I'm at C-X Darren, C-X-D-A-R-Y-N, and they'll get straight to me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this incredible information about the customer experience. Uh, I, I really thank you very much for, for all of it. And, and, and uh, look for, I, I look forward to replaying this with this, this interview again as well. Right. It's my pleasure, Howard. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Again, a great 
information for, for you to focus on about your customer experience. Uh, one just piece of many of these 30 days of, uh, of information for you. Uh, go out, have a great day today, and uh, we will see you next time.